Hello, Praise Center Church. How are you guys doing? Things seem, seem to be getting better here in the Philippines. We're praying and uh, believing that God's best is being established in your life. I want to encourage you, this year is your, going to be your best year yet. God has worked the last two years working in your life, working in your nation, working on things around you. You're going to see and experience the blessings of God come and overtake you. Thank you for this opportunity to share the word with you, Pastor Agus and Lillian. God bless you. It's a joy uh, to be able to share the word with you. We are, uh, my wife and myself are very grateful for the friendship. God bless you, Pray Center Church. And let's start with John chapter 15, verse 18. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember, the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted, if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates, you, hates me hates the Father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without cause. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will bear witness about me. And you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. John chapter 16, starting in verse 1. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when the hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, for the truth of your word. I pray, Lord, that you would open the eyes of our heart, that you would let us see who you are, that, let, that you would let us see your presence, that you would let us see your work, even in the midst of our trials and persecution, even in the midst of difficulties and challenges. Lord, you have never left us. You will never leave us. Lord, that you have always been at work, never stopped. Lord, you are establishing your will a step at a time, a day at a time, a minute at a time. Nothing, no one can stop you from fulfilling your purpose and your will in our lives, in our nation, and in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I was born and uh, raised in a small city uh, many, many years ago, decades ago. It's about an hour 
uh, away by plane from Manila, somewhere in the middle of the Philippines, in a city called Bacolod. These were the times. Uh, these were times where a lot of people knew each other. It was a small city. Uh, somehow there were rela- uh, you could trace relationships and get uh, get to know other others as well. So growing up, I experienced many re- uh, many reactions and benefits to being the son of my father. I remember in school. I remember multiple teachers uh, when they found find out who I am. Uh, uh, who's, uh, who, who my father was, that they would react sometimes in shock, sometimes they'd, they'd laugh, sometimes they'd even embarrass me by, uh, by, by uh, joking or uh, cracking a joke about me and about my father. I, was, I, I also remember this time I was lining up one day, uh, trying, applying to uh, get my driver's license. And uh, I was in this long line and uh, the manager was looking. I, I could see that uh, probably one of the managers was looking at me uh, from the window in his office. And then he came out, he's looking at me, he's staring at me. Then he finally came to me and said, uh, excuse me, are you the son of Mr. Mora? And I said, yes. Then he said, come, follow me. And we walked into his office, and when we were inside, he asked me, why are you here? What do you need? How, how can I help you? So I told him I need to renew my license. Uh, I, I, need to, I, I lost my, uh, uh, my driver's license, and I need a new one. And then he facilitated everything. He wake, walked out, got all the forms, uh, and, and facilitated everything. I did everything in his office. Then he finally, uh, after everything was com- accomplished, he said, uh, okay, come back tomorrow and get your license. I also remember I was returning to the Philippines, returning to the Philippines from, uh, from out of the country. I was walking through uh, from the plane, walking towards the immigration, and this, uh, this person approaches me and he asked me a question and he says, are you the son of uh, Mr. Mora? Again, the same question. I said, yes. Then he explains to me, uh, your father is waiting in this place and, and he, he just told me you're coming, so I looked for you. And then uh, he walked me through everything. He walked with me from the immigration all the way out and he brought me to where my dad was. Later on, apparently, I, uh, uh, my dad told me that he was standing waiting for me outside and this friend of his recognized him and they started talking, went to him and they started talking and he happened to, to inform my, uh, his friend that I'm arriving and his friend finally asked, uh, how will I know he's your son? And uh, my dad basically tells him, if you see him, you'll know he's my son. So he walks in and he's waiting and he finally sees me and then he helps me. I realized that how people see me, how these people see me, how they related to my dad, uh, uh, or how they saw me was dependent on how they related to my dad. So I, uh, my, my dad's relationship with many people, uh, the benefits of that uh, was extended towards me, not because of uh, the things I've done or the things I've accomplished, but because of who, who, uh, whose son I am. My dad's reputation, my dad's relationships has benefited me many times in the past. So let's go back to our scripture. Jesus was telling his disciples a kind of similar thing. But before this, Jesus declares to them a few things. Jesus tells them a few things. The first thing, one of the things he tells them is 
You did not choose me, but I chose you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. In other words, you were chosen. You were not rejected. You were not, uh, 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 how do you call this? You were not, uh, Jesus was not forced to have you. He actually chose you. So I, I don't know if you've experienced similar things growing up and uh, kids play and they choose who's part of the team. Have you ever been in a place where you were left out? Everybody's chosen them, uh, all their, their team members, and you're the only one left. And the guy choosing says, well, I have no choice. All right, you're part of my team. But with Christ, he tells his disciples that I chose you from everybody else. They were chosen. Then Jesus tells them, I call you friends, not servants. Jesus explained his great love that he laid down his life for you. Because he says, greater love has no one than this, uh, but to lay down his life for his friends. This is, Jesus is telling his disciples this before he jumps into what our text said. Jesus also promised the Holy Spirit, God, God himself with them and in them. Jesus tells them, reminds them, and shows them how connected they are to them. So in other words, you are not alone in this world. God is with you always. What an amazing honor and a privilege to be considered by Christ himself as a friend, a brother, or part of his family. But because of this benefit, because of this blessing, Jesus also then begins to tell them, persecution will come. They will persecute you because they hated me. They will persecute you because of me. Persecution will come. You don't have to create it. You don't have to find it. You don't have to make it happen. It will come. And it will come because of our relationship with Christ, not because of what we are, uh, 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 not necessarily because of who we are and what we've done. Persecution will be because of Christ, not, of bad char- not because of bad character. Now, obviously, sometimes in our world, Christians, uh, when people react towards them, when they do something crazy or when, when, they, when, 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 when they do something that's out of, uh, 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 out of bad character and people persecute you, then they say, I'm being persecuted because of Christ. But we see in the scripture here that that people of God will be persecuted because of Christ in their life, not because of bad character, not because it's personal. As we look into this, as we look into our text, I want us to see who God is in the midst of this. Persecution is guaranteed. The question is not whether we'll be persecuted or not. The question is when will persecution come? But in the midst of this, we find out God set it up and God tells them, I chose you. God says them, I will be with you. So I want to see, I want us to see who God is in the midst of challenges, in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of persecution. And the first thing I want us to see is God is always in charge. God is always in charge. I know many times we feel like he's not. We feel like it's evil who's in charge. We feel like it's 
people who are against God who are in charge. But friends, God is always in charge. John chapter 15 verse 24 says this, If I hadn't done what I have done among them, works no one has ever done, they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't be to blame. But they saw the God signs and hated anyway both me and my father. Interesting, they have verified the truth of their own scriptures where it is written, they hated me for no good reason. This is the message Bible. God is always in charge even when he seems not to be. They, the, the people or the, uh, the, the, the leaders, the religious leaders during Jesus' time, they really thought they were in taking charge. They were taking control. They were getting rid of Jesus, somebody, somebody they did not like, somebody they wanted to get rid of. Yet Jesus saw their actions, saw their desires, and said, this just confirms the truth of scriptures. In other words, God already knows this. God already, God did not get, get, get caught by surprise. God, knows this and God has prepared for this and God is ready for this. Friends, this pandemic it did not surprise God. This war that just broke out did not surprise God. Our, re- our nation's reactions and dif- the difficulties we're facing today did not surprise, does not surprise God. God knows this. God is in charge. He is working His will and His purpose in our world, in our lives, and all around us. He is in charge. And Jesus, in a sense, told his disciples, I know this. I know they're going to do this. Telling them or showing them, I'm ready. I've prepared something. Friends, we sing, we declare, we pray the grace of God is amazing, don't we? We have a song that says, grace changes everything. The, The grace of God is powerful. I always thought that the grace of God was so powerful that when the grace of God comes, we have no choice. And by even in the midst of our rebellion against God, our knees will bow, our wills will be broken because the power of God will just overwhelm us. But more and more now, I'm seeing and I'm realizing that the grace of God is so powerful. The grace of God is so amazing that you actually have a choice. That God gives us a choice to obey or not, to rebel or not, or even the choice to try to destroy what God is doing. Yet God's grace still changes everything. God's purpose will still stand no matter how the world reacts, no matter what's happening in the world. God is in charge. Today, our world may be in, a, it may be in disarray. It may look helpless and hopeless for some, even in disaster for others. But friends, there is great wisdom There is order and there is a plan being established by God in our world today. There is wisdom in what's happening around you. God's wisdom is establishing something. There is purpose in what you're going through. God is establishing something. God's promise will be fulfilled even in the midst of what we're facing. God is in charge. God is in control. God's purpose will stand. Secondly, God's presence is always with you, with us. 
John 15 verse 26, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. See, remember, he's telling them you're going to get persecuted. Remember, that, remember he's telling them you will be challenged. Some of you will even be uh, threatened, to, uh, uh, brought to death. And yet God tells them, my presence, I'm sending my Holy Spirit. My presence will be with you in the midst of persecution. <clears throat> God is saying, I will be with you. I will not abandon you. Trials and difficulties are not the sign God has abandoned you. Many times in our present-day Christianity, we equate blessings with the presence of God and with the favor of God. Oh, God must be very pleased with me. So see, look, I'm so blessed. So when trials come and when persecution comes, when suffering comes, when loss comes, when difficulties comes, so many times our question is, Lord, where are you? Why did you forsake me? Why did you leave me? But God here is reminding us, I am with you. Friends, persecution, trials, sufferings did not make God run away. Sin did not drive God away. Evil cannot drive God away. In fact, it was sin that caused God to draw even closer to us. Closer than you can ever get by making a dwelling, making his dwelling place in us, amongst us, and with us. Remember, scripture, God says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. God says, I will always be with you to the very end of the age. Lastly, God's destiny for you will be established. God's destiny for you will be established. John 15 verse 27. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. John 16 verse 1. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. We see that God does not only have a plan for the world. He has a plan for you. God is not saying, just wait, I'm taking care of the world. God says, even today, at this very present time, God is doing something in your life. He's not just doing something in the world and saying, one day what I do in the world will benefit you. But it's as He's doing something in the world, He's doing something in you, with you, and for you, and even through you. We also see that his plan is moving along nicely even when others are trying to make life difficult. Even when they have malicious plans against you, it cannot stop God's will, God's blessing, God's purpose for your life. One of the things I am grateful about the blessings of God is because the blessings of God is that, that there's a God has a blessing that's really set aside for you. Nobody else can steal it. Nobody else can get it. It's just waiting for you to walk with God. 
You know how much sometimes people in the world says that the rich are getting all the riches and the poor is being left out. There's nothing to get anymore. But friends, let me encourage you. God has something set aside for you. No one can take it away. No one can rob you of it. It's waiting for you to walk with God. God's plan, God's destiny for you will prevail. You have a part in God's plan. You are part of God's plan. And friends, you are God's plan in this world. You will be His witness. You will be His instrument. You will be His channel. His grace will reach the world through you, through us. His blessings will be so much that it will overflow through us. The result, the destination of everything that is happening around us and in our world, good or bad, the destination is the fulfillment of God's purpose. These past two difficult years have been about the purpose of God, the plans of God, and the blessings that God has been establishing a step at a time in our lives and in our world. Get ready for the best year of your life. This will be your breakthrough year because God has not stopped. God has always been at work and God is totally in charge of your life and of our world. Trials, tests, and even persecution simply reveal more of God to us and to our world. Have a blessed 2022. God is with you. God's promise and promises will be fulfilled in your life. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, for Praise Center Church. I thank you, Lord God, for all the people who come and worship you, all the people who go through discipleship, all the people who serve you and serve others in this church. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you will continue to establish your purpose and your will in their lives. Lord, some of them don't know what's up next, but Lord, you know what's next. Lead them, guide them, take them by the hand and show them one step at a time, one step at a time until they see the fullness of your plan and your blessing upon their lives. Lord, for those that even in the midst of these challenges, Lord, you've turned around their lives, Lord God. You've healed them of different things. Their relationships are a blessing today. Use them, Lord God, even in this next year and the years to come. Use them as your instruments of grace and blessing. Let your blessing so overtake them, it will flow and touch others. Lord, for those who have not known your blessing, for those who still don't know your presence, I pray, Lord God, draw them closer to you even now. Let them encounter you like they've never experienced in their life. Let them get to know you. Let them get to see who you are and where you are, even in the midst of these difficulties they're facing today. 
Lord, raise up Praise Center Church as your voice, as your hand, as your feet, and as your heart, even in the city of Melbourne and around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I hope to see you sometime soon.